Hello and welcome to Crushing Comics from the Comic Crush. Uh, this is our comic book review show. Uh, I am Hans Gruber because I speak a little bit of German and do look okay in a suit. This is John McLean because uh, she's got an attitude and she looks good in a vest. So, uh, <laughs> welcome to the uh, welcome to the show. Hello to all the podcast listeners. By the way, hello, uh, you guys. Um, hello. I know it's not too many of you at the moment. I wish there were more of you. Uh, please do think about uh, liking and sharing and subscribing and doing all that stuff that helps us and hopefully helps you never miss an episode. Um, hello to all the YouTube watchers. Uh, it's lovely to see you all again. We've got one more subscriber this week than we did last week. Hello, whoever you are. I don't know who it is, but hey, well, hello. <laughs> it's good to have you. Uh, today, we are going to review Chicken Devil. Uh, number one, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, number 75. We normally do number ones, but uh, this is a, a form of a, a first issue. Uh, out, number one. And we're going to talk a little bit about a righteous a righteous thirst for vengeance. <laughs> so eventually. Um, this episode is probably going to go out on, uh, most of you will see it probably on, on Saturday. Um, it's Friday now for us. Uh, and then... Also, either on Saturday or Sunday, we haven't quite ironed out the schedule yet, there will be a sort of um, dissection, if you like, of the new James Bond film, No Time to Die, and that's with me and Home Media Minefield's Keith Isles. Uh, you can tune into those on this very channel. Again, please do subscribe, because that will help you uh, uh, make sure you see those episodes. Liz, how are you this week? I'm doing well, yeah, you know. Uh, Good. Another... Another fine week in comics. It is a good, really good week in comics, actually. I was surprised at the the uh, sheer quality of everything we picked. Oh, uh, we were spoiled for choice. We were spoiled for choice. It was a good week. The one we did miss out on, Arkham City, uh, The Order of the World by Dan Waters and Danny. I really wanted to review that this week. Unfortunately, none of, none of the issues apparently made it to the UK. Um, so it's, oh, I hate you. How was it? <laughs> I haven't gotten to read it yet, actually. Oh, okay. I was too busy reading pod comics. So, uh, you know, after, then, uh, after I finished talking to you. Very big um, Batman title dropping next week. Uh, so maybe we'll, we'll do like a little Batman special, um, a little Gotham special. Um, anyway, so moving on to the comics for this week. Uh, Aftershock presents uh, Chicken Devil, number one. This is by Brian Buccioletto. Uh, Hayden Sherman, Hassan, I hope I get this right. I always uh, get these names wrong. Hassan Asamani Elho, Elhal. Sorry, Hassan. I have actually met yeah, Hassan yeah. once or twice, and I, I do apologize. I'm just terrible with pronunciation. Um, Liz, now this is kind of Breaking Bad esque, wouldn't you say? Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, yeah. you know, uh, if I. Yeah, and they even they even like reference Breaking Bad in mm. the issue because I think they're like self aware enough to you know see the parallels. And um, but before they did, you know, I mean that that penny had already dropped for me. You know, um, it's got it's got elements uh, that fans of Breaking Bad would certainly appreciate. I think. Mm. Um, I, before we go on, I do have to shut my window. Sorry, I've just realized I haven't shut my uh, living room window and there might be a lot of traffic noise coming in from outside. Give me one second. I'm very sorry, guys. Um. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't know whether I was going to have to, you know, sort of do a one-man show while you were, you know, running yeah, it, away across the room or something. Jumping out of the window. Don't worry, Liz, you'll probably get a phone call halfway through this one. Eh? <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean it. I don't mean it. So yeah, obviously parallels with Breaking Bad. Um, I, I found this to be an extremely brutal comic. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I was just really kind of <laughs> surprised by uh, by how how far they went with it. Um, I, you, you know, I wasn't expecting something gentle. Um, but the the kind of uh, the stuff that happened was a bit a bit much for me. <laughs> not, I, not a bit much for me, you know. I'm I not... think yeah, maybe maybe you know. I sort of went in thinking it was going to be one thing, and then you know it quickly became another thing. Um, but then again, I don't know what I was expecting from a comic called Chicken Devil. Very uh, true. Very true. You know, um, I, I actually, you know. Uh, 
I was expecting maybe something, you know, something comedy, uh, because obviously, you know, the uh, it, there's there's like a sort of level of um, ridiculousness about this uh, gun wielding guy in a chicken mascot costume. Yeah, and, and you know, I I kind of it. it it was a very kind of interestingly styled comic. Um, the the art is a bit chaking esque. Um, like that 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 was the immediate thing that my my mind leapt to. Um, also the the kind of lettering style, like Hassan has really kind of outdone himself on this. I think he said that. <laughs> Within like a week or two, he was going to be sick of doing these balloons because they're quite stylized mm. uh, uh, word balloons, um, and the the kind of the lettering style and the art style does recall a lot of kind of mid eighties to late eighties um, sort of more prestige book kind of look. The, the, you know, it's a wonderful coloring job um yeah there's some really dynamic visual stuff going on as well as comedy you know as well as violence and i i think hats off to the team for pulling off all those things uh often in the same panel um and managing to kind of get all those things to kind of coalesce into to one thing um I mean, something over... else interesting about it that I thought, yeah, you know, uh, in terms of like lettering sure. and just like, uh, like sort of a, a style choice in terms of what I imagine, um, the writer and the letterer sort of decided on together, which is like a lot of things that you may have possibly been confused about. They literally just point out by writing what it is and yeah. drawing an arrow that points at it like when there's like the the scene where there's like the mangled burned uh chicken mascot you know uh, mm. uh costumes like you know uh it, it just says burnt mascot costumes over it uh with an arrow pointing at it <laughs> in case you were confused which yeah. to be fair with comics sometimes you, you might be confused like you know uh, I, I think that does speak. I mean, I, I find a lot of today's comics somewhat confusing in terms of the visual styles. I think so much of today's storytelling relies heavily on the manga influence, um, which isn't, which I, I don't think would be as confusing for you because you, you've read a, a fair bit of manga, right? And I, I kind of, I'm not a manga a kind of person at all. Um, so yeah, I, I think for my part, there's there's probably a bit of uh, old man confusion there. Um, right. Well, this but, this this is the comic for you then, because yeah. uh, basically <laughs> anywhere you might become confused, it just it, it just literally states what it is, points at it, and says like, okay, we're moving on now, uh, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Like you know, uh, because otherwise there's so much going on in the issue that I think it could have been quite confusing otherwise it's very, it's very fast paced they throw you right in at the deep end story-wise they just kind mm. of really quickly brush over who the characters are um you know you know what their relationships are um and then just kind of really throw you headlong into you know the the action of the issue and the um the uh sort of making of this uh you know unlikely anti-hero yeah. i it's, presume it's a kind of interesting way to do the secret identity you know and the the kind of disassociative uh displacement that happened that you could justify with superheroes um i i, I it kind of looks like some sort of miami version of uh moon knight i mean uh <laughs> and it's i mean it is like you know when i said i was expecting comedy there is like an element of dark comedy to it you know it's sure. kind of irreverent um you know in uh in you know as we discussed some of the the brutal things that happen in this are treated uh you know 
with with some reverence. I yeah. think. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, um, is it Barry? Yeah, the, the show. yeah, the TV show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can totally see that actually. And you know, it is it, it was an enjoyable book, but it, it's it's a lot of book. It's a lot of stuff happening. It's a um, lot to take in in one. Yeah, it, it is quite a massive setup. And you, you know, Mitchell's in there. He has he's kind of been thrown into this situation unwillingly. Um, it's not like Ozark or, or Breaking Bad itself, where where someone goes in kind of sort of semi eyes open. He he, he really does not <laughs> want to be in the situation to be in that situation. Yeah. No. Um, and, and he's kind of put there by an unscrupulous business partner. Partner. Um, the the art is really good. I, I think it's a fantastic style. Um, it, it really has these kind of looming figures and faces, um, very kind of Sergio Leone esque uh, kind of use of faces and things, um, and, and some quite kind of funny innocuous moments in it. Overall, I, I would say I'm, I'm interested to see what happens next in this. Uh, I, I would certainly kind of go for issue two. How about you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, for, for me, it was interesting um, because I'm more familiar with Brian Bugletto as an artist than I am as a writer. I think this may be the yeah. first thing of his that I've read. Uh, you know, I could be wrong, but um, like, yeah, as far as I'm aware, this is the first thing that, that I've read of his. Um, and I'm a big fan of his art. I think he's a fantastic artist. So, it's, you know, it's always neat to see, you know, what somebody can do, um, you know, on the other side um, of the spectrum. And... Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, and, you know, I, I think most when looking at this, uh, uh, you know, someone like Chip Zarsky, who, who kind of moved from art into writing uh, uh, and then, again, has, has completely switched styles of writing. You know, he's gone from the kind of go-to funny guy to being yeah. the guy who's writing the quite serious <laughs> books. Um so, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's lots of interesting stuff for you to dive into. If you want to, I would say give that a go. Um, it's a $5 book. Uh, I, I do want to talk a bit about pricing today because uh, the next book on the list it also deals with an artist uh, turned writer, although not for this issue. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 75, which normally... I thought I... we were talking out next. Uh, we can, or we can jump into this. Uh, sorry, uh, oh, okay, fine. I've done all the bloody segue now. Liz, come on. <laughs> well, you, you threw me for a loop there because I thought we were talking about out next. <laughs> I just got, I just got my words in the plan things. We do a yeah. great job. <laughs> hey, well, one of us plans, and uh, the other one <laughs> just throws little chaos bombs in. <laughs> I'm just Never kidding. Mind. I'm just kidding. Um, so, Amazing Spider-Man 75, which is this comic here, uh, with this really kind of nice wraparound cover. Uh, Web, uh, Zeb Wells, uh, Patrick Gleason on art. Um, we've also got... Sorry, I just need to find the credits of the book. Uh, um, Marcio um, Menez on colours. And VCs Joe Karam Magna on letters. There is also a Beyond Board on this. Uh, so it's like a group book. Um, so you've got Kelly Thompson, Cody Ziglar, Saladin Ahmed, Patrick Eason, and Zeb Wells. So we're back to doing Spider-Man by committee now. Um, I, I, look, I understand Spider-Man's been a bit of a contentious subject for the last few years for people uh, for some reason. Um, I, I, I think there are a lot of people who seemed unhappy with Spencer's run. I haven't been reading it. I don't uh, have a dog in the fight. Um, I, I didn't know there was a fight to be had. Uh, to be honest, like um, I uh, have really, you know, only heard pretty positive feedback um, about Spencer's run uh, personally. I, um, and I, I, I think it might have somebody been a, who sorry. took like two years off Twitter. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe I missed a lot of uh, debate online, I, I, but. I've seen some negative stuff. I think it's to do with the last few issues. And again, I, I've not been following it. And it's precisely because of this reason, which is the propensity of events to take place in uh, the large scale character books. Like I, I, I 
if there's one thing that will put me off a book, it'll be that there's a massive event happening in it. And Spider-Man has just seems like to be event after event after event. Um, there's always some kind of event either bleeding into the books from other books or, you know, that the, the Spider-Man books are centered on. Um, I'm probably wrong. I'm sure someone st can statistically show me that, oh, there have only been, you know, two events in the last couple of years or something. something. But I, I just can't be bothered. And again, I, I find with now with the very long standing legacy characters, I, same with Batman, I, I'm kind of off the main titles now at the moment. I would rather read a good miniseries or you know, a good side series than I would the main book. Um, I am not speaking to the quality of the books. I think it's just a bit of fatigue, which which happens. Um, how did you find this? This because you're you're again a bit more of a Spider Man reader than I am. Uh, you're you you've kind of various points been heavily invested in Spider Man. I, I expect. How did uh, yeah, you find yeah. this? Uh, I found it. Uh, I mean. As somebody who like has fallen behind and like I'm a huge fan of Nick Spencer's writing. I think he's actually like I, I read the first I want to say at least two or three volumes worth of his Spider-Man run um, and only because uh, I had to kind of scale back what I was buying for a period of time. Mm. uh i i had to kind of put it on the back burner so i'm i'm well behind with his run uh but i do plan to just kind of devour the whole you know missed sure. chunk uh you know one of these rainy days uh because i really liked it i think he's i think he is like you know his his kind of sense of humor and um like just his his sensibility i think really suits a spider-man book especially um you know he he i don't know whether uh how much of the book remained with uh ryan otley but uh ryan otley was the artist on the first big chunk of his run and i thought right. they were perfectly paired as like a, a spider-man team i thought that was like you know just a two you know kind of really great choices i believe uh otley was still on the book at the end i mean right uh... okay i you know i because obviously i you know i haven't kept up with it so i didn't know if uh you know if he kind of Popped on and off or anything like that, but um, I, but I yeah, think I, I think that that's a great duo to do Spider Man, and um, from what I understand, um, and I really have tried not to, you know, spoil myself by like reading too much about what happens. Um, you know, they they kind of draw from a lot of the '90s Spider Man storylines that he, you know, like they mm. would have been reading, you know, as kids and. Um, you know, kind of doing, you know, their own sort of retellings and um, their own spin on some of those kind of famous storylines, um, including what we get, um, you know, and we should probably say now, um, I, I'm not going to say which character it is, but if you read this issue, you're going to find out that um, a, you know, sort of beloved Spider-Man character um, that has been dead before is dead again um and that is uh kind of a focus of this issue so it's it's yeah. about peter reconciling with his feelings about the death of someone important to him um and also uh you know sort of coming back into contact with another um figure in his life that has died and been reborn uh and that i'm comfortable enough saying who that is and that's ben riley um yeah so we have ben riley returning um and uh we have pete in sort of uh emotional turmoil uh over over you know a big loss and uh we also have um Mary Jane, uh, you know, Pete, Pete is with Mary Jane. Uh, so she's, she's featured in this issue as well. So, um, you know, those are kind of our major players in, uh, in this issue. Um, and I really liked, uh, as much as it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's bogged down for, by things that happened in Nick Spencer's run, but I would say, you know, it definitely makes me think, okay, I, I really do want to get caught up on Nick Spencer's run. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it is its own beginning. Um, it, 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 I, it is. I, actually... I thought it was still very accessible. I'm sorry to cut yeah. you off, but yeah, still very accessible to anyone who didn't read Nick Spencer's run. Mm. Like, I don't feel I like. Mean, so... Yeah, exactly. So, then did did you feel like you no couldn't follow? Like, no. I I didn't at all. So, um, I I, 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 I I just find that I actually really enjoyed it. I I really wasn't preparing myself to enjoy it. Um, I just thought, ah, you know, I don't really want to kind of jump into Spider-Man right now. Um, I, I'm still not going to jump into Spider-Man at this point, just because I, I, I've got a feeling, like, given the number of backup storylines that are running in this, uh, this book is just going to get bigger and bigger, and it will just become too unwieldy for my little mind. And I have too many books to read. Like, I'm sorry. Like this, this is the problem with doing reviews and stuff: is that you do end up with too many books to read. However, would I say to you, as a uh, kind of comics buyer, uh, hey, if you haven't been on Spider-Man for a while, maybe you should jump on this? Yes, I would. I would say go get that issue. I, I thought it was a fun issue. Um, I I like what it was doing. I think obviously where the book ends it might be a bit of a kick in the uh, kick in wow. the gut for some of the the Spidey fans, depending on on yeah, what you, you want to see going uh, forward. As much as uh, as much as it's completely different. There were things about this that reminded me of my, uh, I, and I'll, I'll bang on about this book for the rest no, of the time, but uh, it reminded me um, of elements that came out in Superior Spider-Man, which, sure. you know, I, I am a massive, massive fan of uh, mm. that era of Dan Slott's run. I think it's brilliant. I absolutely adored it. Uh, and what, you know the the things that uh that reminded me of superior spider-man that came out in this is that you know we come to find out okay ben riley uh is also running around as spider-man um he you know he and pete sort of you know meet swinging around the city they're both in their spider-man you know in, in identical spider-man costumes and um and then ben drops in on him um in the aftermath and sort of says oh yeah you know sorry about that uh, but uh, I have to tell you, I am working for this corporation called the Beyond Corporation, who have basically bought the intellect, you know, the rights to the, uh, you know, Spider-Man as an intellectual property. Yeah, so um, this is dealing with some of the stuff that was left over from Superior, where Otto Itagivius seems to have uh, trademarked. trademarked. Yeah, of course, like, of course he was. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and this company have bought it as like, you know, they, they bought up whatever was left of Parker Industries and, uh, and now, you know, own the rights to Spider-Man as a, you know, as an intellectual property and, you know, <laughs> and, and which, you know, they've approached Ben Riley. Do you want to come work for us? Yes, of course I do. Uh, and so he's now got the might of this, like, you know, sort of huge corporation behind him and he's kind of a mascot. Mm. Um, now, whereas in Sp Superior, they they sort of played with the ideas of like, what if Spider-Man, you know, was, you know, willing to do, you know, to, you know, go to some morally gray places right. to, to keep order and to, you know, to protect the city, things that Pete wouldn't do. And sometimes, you know, it would work out much better um, for Otto. He would get better results than Pete did you know, and could be more effective. And that was kind of, you know, the underlying premise of Superior Spider-Man was, you know, is he the better Spider-Man because he's willing to do those things? Um, this, you know, it kind of seems like they're exploring the idea of, okay, well, you know, is Spider-Man more effective if he is, you know, if he's, if he's got the might of, you know, power and, you know, uh, industry behind him? Uh, and, you know, from this issue, you kind of see, well, actually, he's got some pretty cool upgrades that Pete mm. is, you know, it, wishes he had yeah. by the end of the issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I find it interesting to, to have this book that's kind of about corporate uh, interference and rights issues 
um, just as Marvel are in the process of taking uh, the heirs to uh, the creators of a lot of their work uh, to call. Um, uh, I mean, I, obviously this book was planned months and months and months before <laughs> they decided to do that. So, right. I, I, I mean, <laughs> make of that what you will, but <laughs> there's some interesting stuff there. Um, it is. I, I, I'm sure uh, someone will be doing an article about it uh, on a, a, some other website. I won't be, but um, yeah, I, I, I think that there's some kind of interesting stuff to uh, get into there. Um, I like that they've got Pete back kind of where he operates best, which is flat broke and uh, stressed out. Um, I think that always really works well for the character. Uh, this is my first encounter with Ben Riley. As I said, I'm not a massive Spider-Man reader. I'm aware of who he is, but I, I you know, I'm not. Um, I, I haven't really encountered him before. I, I thought it was a really solid book, like just a really, really solid book. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun reading it. I, I think the art is excellent. Um, I think Gleason is a fantastic artist. The interesting thing for me, look, I mean, is that apparently Gleason isn't going to be drawing this all the time. Okay. Um, he's going to be writing though. Uh, I, I think there are more artists coming on the book. I don't know if he's doing like the first three issues and then someone else would, will jump on for the next three that will be written by Kelly Thompson. Um, there's also a bunch of like side books coming out around yeah. this as well yeah, I mean, um, well, this is like this is the brand new day format so like you yeah. know this this is not the first time they've done this you know three issues a month with a rotating team of writers um you know post the straczynski run there was a two-year period where they they successfully um you know just told these short stories by different writers different artists usually two or three you know uh issue arcs um that you know that did all eventually kind of come together into a larger story but really like they were very episodic um really great writers really great artists um you know in retrospect i really like brand new day a lot i you know at the time i don't know if i was that jazzed for it as a lot of people were not um but uh retrospectively i've reread you know most of it if yeah most of it at least and you know i probably will what was the, the the slot run that you really liked the slot run was the one that actually uh it just uh, it followed on from brand new day now slot was one of the writers uh you know in that rotation of uh you know of like writers doing brand new day there was um there was mark wade joe kelly um mark guggenheim uh and dan slot uh you know, to my recall, were the four guys, mm. you know, uh, pumping those stories out. And then Slot, basically, at the, you know, at the end of Brand New Day, uh, that was the beginning of his, uh, at least, I want to say seven year run. It was at least seven years, maybe more. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that is the Slot run, you know, it's a, but he he had been writing Brand New Day for the two years preceding it. So, you know, he would be writing little arcs um, that yeah, led up to okay. this run. I mean, but, I, I'll be cu curious to see where this goes. I mean, Zeb Wells has a, has a reputation for being a, a really terrific writer. He works in film and TV as well. He's a producer and I, I believe a director. Um, sorry, Liz, you were, you were going to say something and I cut you off. Uh, oh, no, no. I, I think, uh, I just think, yeah, I, I think it's like a... Uh, probably a nice time to try out this format again you know it kind of takes the pressure off after after like you know two you know sort of long runs um i think you know in a nice way it just kind of breaks it up to to turn it into this you know sort of episodic um sort of low pressure uh you know book that you could just kind of pick up when you want to you know you don't have to feel beholden to um you know to a run for a little while you can just kind of like oh that story looks cool let's just pick you know pick up this these mm. three issues if that's all you want to read if you see yeah you mm. know or one of those writers you particularly like like you know for example during brand new day um i used to really go out of my way for the joe kelly issues and they were terrific they were like they're some of my favorite um spider-man storylines 
or single issues, for example, um, were brand new day issues uh, written by Joe Kelly. Like there's a there's a two issue Rhino story that's like just amazing, just so great, um, really memorably great. And uh, I can't remember what the issue numbers are, but they're really you know like you could just pick those up and you would get this like beautiful story mm. um, and, you know, ignore the rest of the run if you wanted. So I think that that's kind of the format that they're playing to right now. And I really like that because like you said, you know, oh, well, I, I can't get bogged down. You know, I'm too old to, you know, uh, get invested in, you know, that's uh, too I, old. didn't you? Oh, okay. I, maybe I just, no. <laughs> I just thought that was implied. <laughs> um, oh, really? <laughs> I'm sure you said that. Well, anyway. Um... I can tell you somebody won't be making it to an old age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Yeah. Those who do not want to invest themselves, you know, in uh, in a long run, you know, uh, with a character they're, un you know, not, not particularly invested in, you can just right. pick up little short arcs. That was my point. Um, it's a good point. Um, I, I obviously there's always part and parcel. The, the 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 trouble with picking up a new run is not keeping the older stuff in print. Which you know I understand there's financial restrictions for the uh, multi-billion dollar corporations that own uh, <laughs> these comic publishers. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm being I'm being a bit pissy tonight. I, I do apologise. Um, but look, uh, I think it would be nice for them to keep. Brand New Day and uh, the other slot stuff, Superior, all in print, um, which, you know, I, I think it's all slipped out of print now. But the Nick Spencer run is all in print, and you can pick that up um, at, at any good comic shop that sells trades. If you want to pick it up at, let's say, a particular comic shop, I would recommend Gosh Comics in London. Um, you can also pick it up in Worcester, Massachusetts. Where, where would you go in Worcester, Massachusetts, Liz, if you wanted to pick up I would this particular run? Uh, I would recommend that entertainment. Um, yeah, and you can find links to both those stores in uh, the the description below, guys. Right, and we should we should those. also point out that we are not affiliated mm. with uh, with you know either Gosh Comics or that that's entertainment, except uh, you know to say that we you know. We both are employed by these places, and, uh, and <laughs> we are also but... well, you know. Uh, um, but we but we're are... under we're under no kind of obligation. It's just that those are the places where we we were also going for comics before working there. Exactly. So, um, uh, and we happen to like those those two stores. So it's an easy fit for us to uh, recommend. to kind of uh, recommend those two. Um, there are also other comic shops available. There is a, a sort of small list of London-based, or, or at least UK-based, sorry, comic shops on the Comic Crush website under the Resources tab. Um, you can click on that and ha have a look there. I, I will be adding some more soon. I've just been really busy. There, there have been a couple more that have been suggested to me, but I've just been too busy to to, to add them on. Um, guys, yeah, I, I highly recommend this. Again, $6 issue, though. Uh, it, it was a pricey week this week. <laughs> There's a paper shortage on there, Paul. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I think next week that the books we will be talking about are likely to be the kind of at the pricer end, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, all right, we've got another book to talk about. Another book. Well, yeah, and I do want to do a mention at the end uh, of another book as well. Uh, so this is out uh, number one from AWA Upshot. Uh, Rob Williams writing, Will Comrade on art, Martin Les Marco Lesko. I'm sorry, not Martin. Marco Lesko on. Um, is he colours or letters? <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, sorry, this is my terrible organisation this week. I'm really off my game, guys. I am sorry. Um, ba, 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 Martin Lesko is on colours. Sal Cipriano is the letterer. Um, I always like to see Sal's name on a book. He's done a bunch of really good books lately that I've I've uh, read and, and kind of I'm always pleased to see him on there because his letters are really good. Um, so this is out. This is a 
a vampire Nazi book. There's no other way to say it. It is a vampire no, it Nazi is a book. Vampire Nazi book. Um, I have a, a sort of weird kind of not weird. I mean, it's fairly average for guys my age, I suppose. Um, kind of semi interest in World War Two books. I kind of like them. Um, I don't know why. I can't necessarily pinpoint the things that I like about them. Uh, I, I don't really have a, a particular Nazi fetish, but hey, if you're doing a World War II book, that's where you're going to run into. Um, the World War II vampire thing is a well-trod sub-sub-sub-genre of right. comics. Uh, Mignola, uh, obviously. Oh, yeah. Mignola's done it. Um, I, I, I highly recommend you check out Mignola's World War II vampire Hellboy stuff, and, and especially Hellboy Wake the Devil. Uh, which, although is not set in World War Two, has its kind of origins in that stuff. Um, there's been plenty of World War Two horror movies as well. Most recently, Overlord, um, I believe it was called. Um, Don't, it didn't see. Uh, very good. Well worth checking out. It, it, it was originally kind of mooted to be part of the Cloverfield universe. That that's worth looking at. The keep is another one which I, I think Rob um is drawing heavily from here. Does he name check it in that back matter bit? Because I didn't get I, to read I that whole thing, but I believe he does. Uh he certainly name checks quite a few um World War II movies and of course the thing and alien. Um I like Rob's work. I think he does really good, interesting stuff. He he works in these kind of really visceral genres, crime and horror and, and, and things like that, and, and he works very well. Uh, I like Rob as a person. Um, he, he's a lovely guy. I, I chat with him sometimes on Twitter. He's always very kind of accommodating and, and chatty and stuff. Um, Have you I, interviewed I, him? We did a brief interview with him for Portsmouth Comic Con, the very first Portsmouth oh, Con. Yes. Oh, remember gosh. way okay. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think he'd just come off Suicide Squad. Or right. was just, or he was was just doing Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think also he might have been doing some Roy of the Rovers stuff for uh, Rebellion, mm. <laughs> I think. Um, I'm sure we talked about that stuff. Rob, if you're watching, I'm sure you are. I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to get a chance to talk to you again. Um, yeah, about this. Yeah, you know, I, and, I think... and um, uh, whatever else is is yeah. on his plate. You know, he's a busy um, guy. I, I I really enjoyed this book. It's very well done. Um, it beautiful saves... art. Yeah. Really beautiful. Uh, I, I I can't remember uh, if I've read anything of Will Cronrad's before. I suspect not because I I think I would. I would recall because it's really nice. It's really I mean, kind of hyper realistic. Yeah, it, and it's I like very that. much. It reminds me of, funny enough, another World War Two book, which was John Cassaday. Uh, yeah, on, uh, I am Legion. Funnily enough, I was going to say yeah. John Cassaday as well. Is is kind of who he reminds me of, even though you know it's distinctly not like ripping off Cassaday. It just oh no no, it's got that. I mean, you know, because uh, I love Cassidy, and you know, this this has, you know, uh, certain qualities that definitely reminded me of his. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, I've got to apologise. There is this sort of weird ticking noise that keeps uh, invading the the video tonight. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's one of our our PCs or uh, just something going on outside either of our our houses. But there is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's some weird noise. So I am really sorry, anyone listening on the podcast or, or watching the video for that that sort of constant interruption. But uh yeah, we'll we'll try and make sure it's not there next week. Um but yeah, I mean it, it's a it, it, it's an interesting kind of feel to the book. Um you you stay almost entirely with the kind of prisoners of war throughout i mean obviously you see the nazis and they're around and and they're very prevalent in the book however that most of the kind of dialogue is between the prisoners of war uh, rob i'm sure with a great sense of pride gets in a a, a young welsh character which uh 
I'm sure he loved doing. Uh, I believe Robbie's from Wales. Um, and he gets a young kind of uh, quite traumatised uh, Welsh guy in, in the POW camp, um, which is good because, it you know, it makes you understand how far-reaching that conflict was and and how far into people's, you, you know, in, into the places of uh, uh, people's countries, you know, into the, the kind of smaller suburban areas or, or country areas that it went. I mean, it really did kind of reach out and, and grab whole and seize whole nations. Um, <clears throat> uh, so the, the, and the prisoners of war themselves are all seem to be a collation of like um, Americans and pretty much English speaking, like English, Welsh, um that seems to be, uh, you know, the the history of these uh, yeah. prisoners of war in this particular camp. And there's also a mention that uh, that they've all been escapees before. Right, right. So I mean, there we are kind of, I think, building to a great escape type of thing. Yeah, like... and, and something that is part horror, part kind of, you know, thrilling World War Two adventure. I'm actually really excited by this, and I, I want to pick up issue two. Um, I, I'm hoping that I, I, I manage to kind of stick with it because the ending is, uh, you know, quite shocking. <laughs> I, and I, did you did you sort of pick up on the double entendre with the title? I I have to admit I didn't. See, I think I, I did, but I was also like, "Am I imagining this? Am I am I just like reading too much I, into this?" I, I actually didn't. I completely ignorant of that, um, and, and didn't realize uh, and, until I read Rob's back matter uh, where he was going with that, um, which is is, is um, the main kind of uh, character is, is is gay, and at a time when it definitely would not have been acceptable. And not only is he gay, but he's also Native American, which, yeah, yeah, you know, at the time, you know, would get you discriminated against as well. And, you know, I mean, probably to this day continues to. And he's also branded a traitor quite earlier on because it's assumed that he's kind of pally with the the Nazis and he might be giving them information. Um, And, of course, we don't quite know if he is or not yet. Um, well, he's a, he's a code breaker, and he is yeah. also like you know, uh, sort of a, a polygot. Uh, you know, mm. he's uh, speaks. You know, he, he's several at least yeah, fairly yeah. fluent in a number of languages. And so, because he can speak with the Germans and understand the Germans, there you you know the uh, his his fellow prisoners of war are suspicious of him. Now, there's there's there is precedent of, of this. There were the Navajo code talkers um in world war Two, because it was it was believed that it was the one language that um uh the nazis wouldn't be able to crack um because they they just would not have been able to find native american speakers uh in germany or or anywhere else in europe um and they those guys i mean that stuff was particularly brutal for those guys because i think they were all assigned um officers officers or privates to guard them guard their lives essentially who had ordered orders to kill them if they were faced with capture uh, i mean it's you know it, there, there's some definite complex racial stuff to get into in this um yeah and it's a fantastic story it it, it, it moves with just the right kind of pacing there's actually very little horror in it um do you uh did you happen to look up i had to look it up but the the word that is spoken at the end um i didn't actually uh so it means hunger okay uh, so um it is a terrific ending to the book and definitely worth kind of the, the build up there. I, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give it away. Right, yeah, I think, you know, yeah. uh, you kind of know what the ingredients are and, you know, wouldn't want to spoil. No. Uh, and, and, and if you want a kind of good atmospheric 
tail. I think this is. This yeah, is yeah, it um, definitely has has a real atmosphere about it, and you know, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I you know, and it's one that uh, you know might have passed me by um, if we hadn't chosen to do it for the pod. But I'm really did, glad that I did pick mm. it up. I, AWA putting out some great books. Uh, definitely worth a look there. Uh, just before we jump into Righteous Thirst of Vengeance, which we're just going to do like one or two minutes on because uh, we've got to kind it. of wrap this up. Uh, and Liz didn't read it. Um, uh, Liz, do you, have, do you have a book of the week out of three? Uh, book of the week out of the three? Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's that's a toughie because uh, I like them all for different reasons. They're very mm. uh, three very different books. Um, and out of the three, I mean, you know, I, I don't think I want to choose. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I want to choose. I mean, because, uh, I, lo I always love reading Spider-Man and I think thought this was a great issue of Spider-Man. Um, I thought Chicken Devil was just kind of bonkers and funny and weird. And I really enjoyed it for those reasons. And then, uh, and then out was like this dark atmospheric, you know, sort of, uh, horror war tale and you know so there's just three very different books that I couldn't really you know sometimes it would be uh, easy for me to answer you but this week it's not cool so um yeah and we'll try we'll, we'll keep trying this a, a, every week we'll see if we can pick up a book of the week um because did you uh, have a book of the week uh okay out of the three out I would say uh out of all the books, because I'm, I'm sorry, I have to do this, even though you haven't done it. Righteous. <laughs> oh, vengeance. no. I, um, you know, I love Remender. I really wanted to read this. I, I just didn't have time this week. I'm and... just going to blitz through this just very quickly, because I, I know we're on a bit of a tight schedule this week. Uh, Rick Remender, Andre Lima, Arel, Arujo. I, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, my pronunciation. And don't tell me too much, because I, you know, I have no. my copy right here. I'm going to read it after, cool. you know. Uh, definitely worth reading. Very interestingly paced book that seems to draw a little bit from a lot of kind of uh, Asian cinema. Um, the character is a dead ringer for Benedict um, Wong. Benedict Wong, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, how much of this do you think is like a movie pitch? Because Benedict Wong starred in Rick Remender's Deadly Class series. Uh, and, yes, yeah. You know, and how much do you, do you want to bet? You know, there there was a conversation like, "Hey, do you want me to write you a comic book to star in?" Could have uh, been. That's gonna it, get it, turned it into a been. movie. Um, this is a very beautifully drawn, um, intricately drawn, uh, almost sort of. It, it's just a little off Darrow esque. Do you know what I mean? It's got that very fine line, very busy pencils. There's a lot of detail. Even right down to things like raindrops and, and brickwork. Um, very little dialogue. Uh, everything is done through the visuals, facial expressions. Um, I, I, I can't say too much about this, but I advise you to get it if you can. I really like this. Uh, and this would be my book of the week, largely because of the pacing and the, the just the sort of dialogue-free nature of it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like, Remender is one of my favorite writers uh, mm. at the moment. And, uh, you know, I think he's he just does terrific stuff. And this looks awesome. And, you know, because I was, like, just kind of racing through these books this week, I didn't have time to read it. Uh, and I want to read it when I get a chance to really sit down and enjoy it. So uh, so that, the fact that you, uh, you chose it as your book of the week uh has me very very excited for it mm. I, I i'm lucky because because you didn't book a book of the week i've got two so out and right so that, so, so, so that balances it out so we still have two yeah. picks of the week they're <clears> just both yours <laughs> which is the way it should be no, no. <laughs> it definitely shouldn't it definitely shouldn't it definitely um should. I, liz thank you again for doing this uh it's always great to see you uh guys i'm sorry we've we kind of been I, I think I've been a bit off my game personally tonight. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not really quite there. There's lots happening in the house today. We've got a mouse running riot somewhere that we're trying to catch humanely uh, so we don't have to kill it with a trap. And uh, right before I did the pod, he kind of made a reappearance and there was an attempt to catch him, <laughs> unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I'm a bit kind of 
of my game tonight, guys. I, I do apologise. Um, of course, you have Liz here, who's uh, uh, very much on, 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 on her game. Um, thank you for doing this, Liz. Guys, sorry about all the sound and, and technical issues this week. We'll, we'll try and have that fixed for you next week. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening on the pod. Uh, remember, you can subscribe, you can like, you can share. All of that helps us. If you know someone who might like this show, please do tell them because we would love more subscribers. We'd love to hear from you too. Drop us a comment. What books did you like this week? Did you read any of the books that we read? What are your thoughts on Spider-Man? I know some of you have got to have thoughts on Spider-Man. Or what were your thoughts on A Righteous First Vengeance Out or Chicken Devil? I would love to hear them. Liz would love to hear them. We will try and answer every comment that gets dropped in the comments box. And, uh, yeah, do check out the Patreon. Uh, it's astonishingly cheap, and you get a lot of stuff. Patreon, guys, I am really sorry I'm a bit behind schedule, <laughs> as always. Um, the schedule will be a bit crazy for the next few weeks, guys. Uh, we, Liz and I both have a lot going on work-wise, so, un unfortunately, it's not allowing us as much time as we'd like to kind of do the show spot on on a, on a Thursday but in a few weeks, we should be back to the regular Thursday schedule. Um, remember, you have got the Bond show coming up a week or so after that. We should have the Dune episode. I don't know who's coming on that. Both those things are outside of comics. But uh, I'm Venom. Sure don't forget Venom. Oh, yeah, man. We've got to try and fit Venom in somewhere. <laughs> There's too much out in the moment. There's too much out. Uh, new series of um, Lock and Key starts soon, Liz. <laughs> Well. Oh boy! Uh, I mean, well, so much to look forward to. Yeah, lots time. to look forward to. I hope we're going to be able to cover it somehow. Uh, there are there is a new kids comics section on the crush. If you want to take a look at that, so we're dealing with YA uh, and and kids comics there. Um, first couple of titles going in there. Are YA, Liz. Thanks for doing this. We've got to go. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. Goodbye. Uh, next week. See you soon. Bye. See ya.